the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. joining us. This is another episode of The Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This episode is number 331 for the week commencing Monday the 11th of May 2015. I'm Edwin Herman here in the studio in Wellington and across the other side of the city, or closer to the centre of the city perhaps is more accurate. Brett joins me online. Welcome to the show, Brett. Howdy. And uh, how are you this morning? Uh, not feeling super. Uh, not too good. Oh, that's no good. Was your weekend at least very good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't feeling crook on Sunday. And the rest of it was okay. Oh, oh looks I'm like still you... feeling crook. Uh, sounds like you're, you're coming down with something. That's no good. Brett, you're joining me online as you normally do, but this time we're, we're not using Skype, are we? No, we're using something different. That's right. We're using Wire for Web. We may have mentioned this before. Wire started off as an app that uh, it was started by a bunch of guys that used to work for Skype, actually. And uh, they produced this audio calling app. But now, or recently in the last few weeks, they've released Wire for Web. That is conference calling over the internet through a web browser, and that's exactly how we're recording this show, or how at least we're communicating, how Brett and I are talking uh, for this episode. Indeed. So if there is any audio issues, it's the fault of wire. (laughs) So what do do you think? I mean, this is, I I guess, we're both new to this. It's very simple, and I guess that's what they were going for, but... Doesn't have a lot of configuration. Yeah, that's right. Uh, maybe, yeah, it's hard to know. Because it's running, obviously, through a web browser. And so it's using whatever the web browser's ability to use your audio system is. Which I'm guessing is somewhat limited by the browser. Yeah. Most programs that use your audio system have their own settings to adjust the you know volumes and microphone sensitivity and all that sort of stuff so that you don't have to constantly fiddle around with the default properties of the devices themselves because that mucks it up for any other programs that you've got that you've already configured to use them so yeah yeah though you know obviously one of the great advantages of something like this is you you don't need any special software installed as long as you've got a compatible browser. Indeed, indeed. It's sleek, it's simple, but the inability to fine-tune the audio is is a, is a letdown for me. Because right now, to hear you, I've had to bump the volume up, which means if anything else makes a noise on my computer right now, it's going to be really loud. <laughs> Quick, send Brett an email, everyone. <laughs> no, yeah, I take your point. No, you're absolutely right. I thought we'd give it a go for this episode because it's our first story and it's about this wire for web. And 
I wanted to give it a go. The only other one I've ever heard of that runs purely through a web browser is Mega. Mm-hmm. By, you know, Kim.com and, and company. Uh, yeah, their chat, I haven't used it, but it's the only other one I know of that runs purely through a web browser. <laughs> That's why I thought we'd give this a go of recording this episode over wire. And here we are. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, for listeners out there who are interested, you want to give it a go, head over to wire.com, click on Wire for Web, and just uh, if you haven't signed up already th- via the app, it's it's one account. If you haven't signed up already, just you can do so straight away. And uh, if you have already via the app, you can start using Wire for Web straight away. Just log in. So <coughs> yeah, let us know what you think. And uh, we'll carry on with the rest of the stories. And... Uh, We'll see how Wire holds out the uh, for the conversation. Indeed. All right. Uh, big story this week. The week just been Microsoft has confirmed that Windows 10 will be the last version of Windows that you can purchase as a package. Mm, kinda. It's what they're really saying is Windows 10 is is our final framework. This is what we're going to be building on from now on. And we're going to do it, you know, kind of like the way that Apple has. Apple has kind of settled on OS X and now they just bring out iterations of, you know, updating the different bits and pieces in OS X to always keep it current, always keep it good. That's kind of what Windows, kind of what Microsoft is saying with Windows. They have Windows 10 is going to be their final framework and they will just iterate out updates from that. Yeah, so all the updates will be done over the you know through the internet as Apple does for its OSs, and there's no big major. Although having said that, you know Apple does have major releases, which you know indeed, and Yosemite Microsoft and so obviously have major releases as well. But it's all but it's done, not going to be major framework changes no, like they've done with no. all the previous ones. Yeah, and exactly, and it's and each one is still this, is a successive update, if you like, from what you had previously. Mm. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's a it's a new direction for Microsoft. Yep, uh, makes more yeah. sense. Oh yeah, it does. You know, I mean, a, a few, I remember when Apple first announced that they're no longer going to sell operating systems through on CDs or DVDs. A few eyebrows were raised. Now you you know it it's no one's really that surprised. And now that Microsoft has announced a similar model. People are not all that surprised, mm. or at least uh, not all that shocked. Like, oh my goodness, you mean? Yeah, yeah. You mean what are we going to do if we don't have? Still slightly <laughs> odd not being able to get things, you know, a physical copy of something, because not everybody buys a fully featured, created, installed computer. Some people put things together and then want an operating system to put it on top. Obviously, it works with Apple because you cannot get bits of an Apple and put them together to make your own Apple. No, no, that's the right. OS on top. You have to buy a pre-done. Yeah, know, I wonder whether whether there's a way of putting a, a sort of a lightweight uh, OS that all it does is it updates, you know, downloads Windows effectively and installs it. I wonder if there'll be such a thing. There'll probably be a yeah a, like a build installer yeah yeah the, the, you'd think or there would be. you'll still be able to get ISOs <laughs> and burn your own DVDs oh maybe yeah yeah or you know put them on a bootable USB device and boot off that 
but the, what lots of people do these days. Yeah. But for the average punter out there on the internet, they buy a computer from one of the brands, or it's often mobile uh, technologies these days that people are going for. They'll buy something, it'll ha- have Windows, and it'll just keep updating. Yeah, and, well, if you're buying laptops these days, you'll be hard-pressed to find one which actually comes with install media anymore. Yeah, that's They that's all come correct. with a, nice. a restore partition. Yeah. And, and which is, you know, and that's a it. pain in the butt. Yeah, because yeah. if they poorly configured their drives, and you want to muck around with your partition table, you're going to have to do something about that restore partition. Because otherwise, if you if you nix it, you're you're stuffed. Yeah, I'm not a great fan of that either. But mm. that's kind of where it's going. <laughs> All right, Brett, let's move on. The you remember the the uh, game Snake that you used to play on your Nokia phones back in the nineties. Yes, I loved Snake. Oh, Snake was great. It was it was a great way to kill time when you were waiting for yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I got it to the point where, at least on the game that had no walls, I would fill the entire screen just by going down one pixel every line. If you if you yeah. understand what I'm saying, and then it got too long for its own good, and that was the end of the game. So you're effectively clocking it. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, the the news <laughs> the news is is that. They're announcing they're going to bring back Snake for modern phones. As an yeah, app. but we're not just talking about Snake clones because there are hundreds of Snake clones already available for iOS, Android, Windows Phone, and pretty much every other operating system for a phone out there. We're talking about the guy who created the Snake for the Nokia 6110, the very first handset with Snake. He is producing a version of Snake for these phones. Tanali Amanto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the news. And one of the skins, I think, that it's going to have is the the original Nokia look. <laughs> <laughs> Just for nostalgia, nostalgic purposes, right? And for nostalgia purposes and also as an extra bit of difficulty. Because, you know, it's, it's all... Or monochrome. So. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Well, you know, I remember spending many, many hours cumulatively playing this somewhat pointless. Well, all games are pointless, really. At the end of the day, just mm. a, as a time filler, yeah. it's one of the few games that I had on that I've you know that I've actually enjoyed on at least on dumb phones. Yeah. So it's a it, good game. Yeah. So what's it going to be called? Concept. What's this one going to be called? It's going to be called Snake Rewind. Snake Rewind. And it's going to have extra features. It's going to have different, um, obviously, the different skins, different sorts of power-ups, different abilities. One of them being a rewind, so that if if you crash, you can use the rewind ability to back yourself up and, you know, have a second crack at it. Yeah, I wish more games had that feature. Well, a lot of games... um, have come out with that as an integral part of the gameplay, the ability to rewind. I've had games where you can save, you know, like main, I'm talking about oh, yeah, PC yeah. gaming. Pretty much, pretty much every game has some sort of save feature. Yeah. But no, there are some, there are games. I cannot think of the name of the, like one of the best ones off the top of my head. I think it was, maybe it was Braid. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, is, is an indie game, which one of the core features of it was the ability to rewind. No, I didn't know that was such a thing. Because well, it 
Out you there. used your rewind ability not just to back out of, oh, no, I've made a mistake, but also to solve some of the puzzles. Oh, I see. So it's actually necessary to finish the game, to use yeah. rewind. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. I, I've learned something here. So they're going to make it available. This uh, Snake Rewind is going to be available for all three major platforms. Can we consider Windows Phone as a major platform? Yeah. Yeah, it's got a increasing market share. Okay. 3% or something, but yeah, all yeah. right. It will be going up even further once Windows 10 comes out for phone. All right. So it's <laughs> it's going to be available for iOS, Android, and Windows Phone. What about BlackBerry? No, it's not going to be out for BlackBerry. Oh, I don't know why I went, I went there. <laughs> there, are some, there are some, you know, diehard BlackBerry fans out there still that. Oh yeah, you know, there are several countries in the world where BlackBerry is still number one phone. Yeah, it's interesting. There's some markets like that that uh, you know these strongholds. Mm. All right, then last story, Brett. It'll be a quick show then this week. Last story. Astronomers in Australia had been baffled for over 17 years about some mysterious signals that they were receiving on their radio telescope. And they finally solved the mystery. So it wasn't lightning strikes? They thought it was. They thought it was caused by lightning strikes. And that was kind of a theory that was there for a while. No, it wasn't. It turned out to be a microwave oven in the kitchen at the observatory nearby. (laughs) <laughs> now, you might laugh and, and, snare, and snigger and go, oh, well, you know, they should have solved that one. But here's the thing, and you've probably read the same story, Brett, that it's not just a case of when the microwave was on, th- they were getting these signals. It was under certain conditions. And in fact, those conditions are... An incredibly the, specific condition. That's yeah. right. So that when the microwave is running, but before the, you know, the, the food has finished heating, if you open the door and, you know, and pull out what you've got that's when these specific interference signals would be generated. Indeed. So if you just put your food in, turned it on, and waited till it finished, and then opened the door, it did not cause any interference. Correct. It and only it, caused it, interference when you yanked the door open while it was still in the middle of its process. Yeah. And so here's the thing, though. They even, and they it even only just, happened when the telescope was pointing in the direction of the kitchen. That's right. Yeah, they did. <laughs> now, having said that, they did. They Here's the funny thing, too. They suspected the microwave. They tested it by turning on the microwave and pointing the telescope at you know in that direction. And they got nothing. So they ruled it out. They said, no, it's 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 obviously not that. And they ignored it from, from that point forward. Yep. But there you go. It, and it would only happen a few times a year. So it was only when, as, as we just said, in certain conditions, which happened to be only at a frequency of several times Indeed, a year. because it only happened during the day. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. They finally and, solved yeah. it. Indeed, indeed. They probably would have solved it a lot sooner if the telescope was one of those, you know, telescopes that were manned. They had people doing the science at the telescope because they would probably have been the people also using the microwave. Yeah, exactly. And they would have put two and two together. But it's a remotely operated telescope, but it does have staff on the ground for maintenance, but they're not the people who run the the science, who utilize the telescope and point it in the directions. That's all done remotely. So the people doing it remotely had no idea that they, you know, that happened to be the point in time where a dude was heating up his coffee (laughs) in the microwave. Yeah, so it made it a lot harder for them, didn't it? 
Yeah. Which is why it took 17 years before they finally worked out what it was. Because <laughs> when I first started reading the story, I thought, I mean, come on, how how bad can these astronomers be? I mean, there's a microwave nearby and they didn't think it was that. But when you read into the story and you find out, well, it's only under <laughs> yeah, certain conditions. They didn't think it was that and they ruled it out. <laughs> exactly, because they tested it, but they didn't test it in the same way that caused the, the signals in Indeed, the first place. Because they, didn't, they didn't think about the way that whoever the staff using it there were, were actually using it for. <laughs> so there you go. I think there's a good lesson there for for testers and, uh, you know, in IT and test cases. Make sure you cover all your use cases. Indeed. <laughs> oh, well, I thought that was an interesting story for the, for good measure. And on that note, Brett, I think we're going to end it there. How do you think Wire performed? Wire for web? Uh, well, it's been nice and consistent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I take your, on board your comments at the beginning about the, the lack of settings, but that, yeah. that aside, uh, what do you think? I'm just happy that nothing has beeped because I've, I've, I've seriously had to turn my volume up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but aside from that, do, what do you think? I mean, I'm quite impressed by the, the clarity as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I am since it's, you know, it's all filtering out through through whatever – yeah, I don't even know what ports this is using. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I have no idea either. I <laughs> these days you just, I don't know. Do you know what? Well, it's though? going out through yeah. HTTPS, but is the actual audio signal going out through yeah. HTTPS? Well, the, the, and here's the thing, Brett: HTTPS can run on any port, like any protocol can. So even if it is HTTPS, is it on four four three or is it on something else? Yeah, who knows? I, I don't know how this. Works really. It's indeed. Maybe we should read up a little more over about WebRTC. Yeah, we can probably do a bit of net. On. I think it's. So, I can. We can do some net stat as well, and we can probably find some information that way. But uh, we'll leave that for another day. I think uh, we'll end the show there. Brent, I want to thank you very much for co-hosting episode three three one. Always a pleasure, Ed. It's been a blast, and uh, we'll do it again next time. Indeed. And I now you, I shall curl up and cradle myself. I was just going to say, I hope you're feeling better. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you've got all you've got a week to get better for the next show. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Good stuff. <laughs> all right, thanks, Brett. And we'll see you all again next time. Till then, have yourselves a fantastic week. Take care. Goodbye. Bye bye.